Hello and welcome to the Stack Magazine's podcast. My name is Stephen Watson, I'm the founder of Stack, and this week I'm speaking to Charlie Brinkhurst-Cuff, editor of Galdem. There's a very good chance that you'll have come across Galdem before because it's one of those independent magazines that has done phenomenally well at pushing out beyond its initial audience to make its mark on a wider scale. Charlie speaks about some of the big things they've done along the way, including a takeover at the V&A to celebrate the launch of their first print issue. Uh, there was last year's takeover of The Guardian's Weekend magazine, and now their first book, which was published earlier this week by Walker Books. Everything they do is dedicated to exploring the experience of women of colour and non-binary people of colour and they received a massive boost earlier this year when they secured funding and embarked on Galdem 2.0. I first heard about that when I read an open letter published on their blog by founder Liv Little so I started by asking Charlie about the story behind the changes and where that money comes from and what it all means for the work they're able to do. It was lovely catching up with her and really inspiring to hear how the team is professionalising and pulling together to do more than ever before. So I hope you'll enjoy this conversation with Charlie Brinkhurst-Cuff, editor of Galdem. Charlie, thank you very much for having me over at your lovely new offices. A pleasure. Thanks for coming. So... I read uh, a letter that uh, Liv um, posted on the site back in April talking about Galdem 2.0 mm-hmm. and the, the bright future for the magazine. So maybe you could tell us a little bit about what has been going on and, and what is leading to this bright future. Sure. Um, so I guess like the simple answer to that is that we have money all of, <laughs> all of a sudden. Um, but actually it's not really all, all of a sudden because we've been working towards this moment for um, quite some time. And yeah, it's just really exciting to be in a position because of investment and because of the amazing work of like Galdem's like new sort of newly established like commercial arm. Um, that we can pay ourselves the first time because we were volunteers for four years um, and that we can pay um, our like freelance contributors so writers, designers, illustrators, everything else. Yeah, it's brilliant. That, I mean, that is, is massively important and, and huge props to you for, for being able to make it happen. That, so where has this money come from? How do you come by that? Yeah, um, so thankfully um, I didn't have to like get to uh, caught up being on the editorial side of the company yeah. with the investment process but I did watch sort of slightly terrified as Liv was like prepping for these investment meetings and going through the figures um, we had a lot of help from like a lot of very generous people um, who helped us like come up with a business plan mm-hmm. um, and then we just put ourselves in front of the right people including uh, Backstage Capital who happen to be our next door neighbours in the office we're actually in Backstage Capital's offices right now um, and they're a brilliant sort of I think they're a VC firm um, but they specifically invest in um, LGBTQI and um, POC led businesses um, and so yeah they, they gave us our biggest chunk of money and um, then there was like a few others, including Roxanne Gay, who mm-hmm. um, who invested in Galdem. And then yeah, beyond that, it's just we're working in a similar mon- model to uh, other digital outlets such as um, like Vice and Dazed. Um, and I mean, even the Guardian really uh, by by having partnerships with brands and like 
organisations um, who want to sort of tap into what we do and like who we feel like ethically we can work with um, in creating content. Okay, so the, so the plan is then that you're going to be making Galden, but you're also going to be making content for other people or you're going to be running things alongside other organisations? As in pretty much everything we produce and have produced in collaboration with brands has been collaborative so it's some, it, it runs across our platforms as well as theirs so it's not like we create things for the people then like we don't have access to them um yeah it's like a very like collaborative process but yeah that that's the business model as it stands and we're also looking into like bringing in membership because you know we know that our community cares about us and like um and we want to sort of yeah give back to them and like for them to give back to us and it's be a mutually sort of beneficial thing um so yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah, uh, that, that's that's all fantastic, and there are some very obvious changes. So, for example, you're now in these offices rather than the old offices you were in before. But what are the changes in terms of what would a reader of Galdem notice as a difference as a result of this money? Um, I mean, I hope that they would notice um, that we've been producing a lot more content um, since. So after we came into the office about two and a half months ago um we sort of had a pause on commissioning for like a month or so um so we didn't bring in a commissioning budget until may um so this kind of month um has been us refining our feet with commissioning it's been um putting a lot of processes in place when it comes to uh, making sure the quality of our output is like sustainable because before if you imagine like we were all volunteers um we did have an editorial team but like you know, every so often, like, and I'm including myself in this, like, we might be working on a university essay at the same time as uploading a piece on the website, and, like, therefore your attention isn't, like, on every single detail, so there might be a typo. Um, whereas now we have the time to, like, focus and, like, notice things, and of course there's still typos, because, like, <laughs> happens to the best of us, but, um, but yeah, I think the quality's improved, the amount of output's improved, the original originality of the content has hopefully improved, and our reactiveness has improved as well. Um, beyond that, like, future things that we're always striving towards and always have been since being of Gaudem is just making sure that we're really representing a wide um, variety of voices and that we're tapping into like um, I guess just like the corners of our community who historically have been particularly underrepresented like in the mainstream media. Mm. So give us an example of that then. The, so, so you know what stories are you able to tell now or hoping to tell now that maybe you just wouldn't have been able to tackle yeah. before? Um, so I think one of, again, one of the benefits of having money, it means that we're able to have lawyers. So um, for me, I come from like, I don't even know if I can say I can come from, I come from a particular type of journalist background because my journalism career has been very varied and weird and like not particularly stable. But I like to think I come from like in part a, a bit of a newsy journalism background and I've always been interested in the news and current affairs. I like investigative journalism and it's something that I've always like wanted Galdem to do more of like since the very beginning like we once like uh, way back when right at the beginning we, we launched a sort of series on like um, skin bleaching and skin lightening and I sort of did some investigating of it in like South London but we haven't ever really been able to sustain that mm. kind of stuff because mm. it's hard and you need lawyers to like make sure you're not going to get sued or mm. Mm. Um, or whatever else um but now yeah what i'm hoping we'll be able to start doing is like do you know the, the, the things that bigger organizations and us do like attend court cases um spend like time and resources um looking into like serious issues as well as like continuing to produce like really solid like lifestyle content and stuff around food travel um you know mental health um yeah
And so this is so that the work that you've been doing so far, I guess, has been on the website, and the, and Galdem was online before it was uh, in print. Is there going to be a noticeable difference to the print product when that comes out? Yes, so we're doing a complete redesign of the print product. Um, again, it's all about resources, isn't it? Isn't it? So like, um, like. Our print magazine has historically been a beautiful labour of love. It's very thick. There's a lot of content in there, um, but the poor designers, like we, do not give them a lot of time to like put it together <laughs> at all. Like the last one, I think, was designed in like two weeks. So like it was 250 pages of content. It is like small, but it's bulky. Um, and yeah, she whacked it out in two weeks. Mm. So you can imagine, like obviously, that wasn't an ideal process for her. Um, this time round. We're still working to really tight deadlines, but we're reducing the amount of pages so we can like uh, think about quality over mm-hmm. um, quantity. Um, we're having a redesign of like our logo and also just like giving our concept more room to breathe. That's like really important to us because it is still going to be text heavy and it is still about the journalism and the stories and not not just about having like pretty pictures on a page which have like no meaning. Um, but like we want to do more interesting things with like the text and. Mm-hmm graphics and everything else but um yeah i think it'll be a few years until we're like in like top tier independent magazine like category where we can like afford to like because we were looking at like you know different paper types and things we're like what can we do to jazz up but like it's expensive well expensive expensive. (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah. Yeah. so you're a couple of months in now to this new phase this new stage in my experience so anytime like with stack I remember when I was one day a week, all my thoughts were on, oh my God, imagine if I could do this two days a week. Yeah. And then imagine if I do it three days a week and then full time yeah. and if I hire some people. Yeah. And at each stage you like you think, this is it, I've cracked it. This is the bit. And then almost immediately you just start seeing what you could be doing if you could get something else. So have you hit that point yet? Of course, yeah. <laughs> like, And I knew it was going to happen as well because I see, especially with the way that Live works, it's like a rolling ball, like one thing leads to the next, leads to the next, leads to the bigger idea, leads to the even bigger idea. Um, but that's one of the things I love about working with Live especially, but the whole team, like um, Kemi Alamori, who's our features editor, is like very much like this as well. She's just like bubbling with ideas. Um, and so I'm always like, oh, so overwhelmed. And I need to like have like a really like, I, I like lists like I need to I'm very like I need to have things organized in my head to make sure I even I don't mind having a lot of projects on as long as I like know what they all are um so yeah I've got I've started Trello boards for everyone like we have lots of spreadsheets and like lots of slack channels to make sure it's not too much but yes it's already like we need to bring someone else on board to help with this because this person's already feeling overwhelmed in this capacity and like da 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 um but you know it has made a massive difference being in office together like it has made a massive difference to like even our stats on the website have like increased loads already um what we're able to like do in the week is like yeah like i was doing this all in my spare time and um and it meant that i didn't have any spare time i was, I was working seven days a week but um now i can kind of take a weekend off which is lovely and like go on holiday and like know that there's people who i like who i love and who <laughs> who are also like really good at their jobs so you can like yes yeah, take the reins so it's, it's 
And so, so tell us then, who are these people? Who, so who, who are the other people in the office in there? Yeah. Um, the Galdem are, yeah, so it's a team of nine. So it's um, Liv is like the CEO and founder. And then Marielle is the head of um, strategy and like sort of brand partnerships. She's brilliant, amazing, like has been with Galdem since the beginning. Um, on the other side uh, um, is uh, Shanice Dover, who is our um, social media manager. She's been doing social media for Galdem again since right, you know, right at the beginning. And I love that we've been able to like, you know, work with with each other for such a long time, but like this is the first time Kishinis was based in Le- was based in Leicester, and so she moved down to London for the job, and it was like, like she's real and like she exists, <laughs> and she's a person, and she's so wonderful and like works so hard. She's in Paris right now. Um, then on my side of the team, um, the editorial side, um, we have yeah Camille Moore, who's the features editor, who moved over from Dazed uh, Digital. We have Misha Fraser Carroll, who is an intern at Huffington Post and has been nominated for lots of awards. And she is the first person's editor. She's brilliant like very like responsive um we have tara joshi um who is our music editor and again you'll see her like she's writing like covers like uh, of like big music stars for like all sorts of different publications and she's fantastic we have Nella arboin who's like just like just like a naturally like beautiful writer like um she has contributed to galdem's book which is coming out in the next sort of um couple of weeks and um everyone just like loves her essay they like really resonate with her work and like she's a very like grounded writer um and then we have um leah cohen who's our politics editor who's like the most ethical like uh person you'll ever meet and just like so on it when it comes to like activism and everything else um, have I missed someone? If I've missed someone, it's going to be really embarrassing. I think that's everyone. it. Okay, yeah. good. All right. No, nobody's going to get upset later. No, I hope not. And so all, all of these people, are, are there, I mean, are these mainly people who were there from the beginning doing it uh, just as volunteers, or have you actually hired on new people? No, so we've not hired anyone new. Um, everyone has been who's currently on the team has been on the team for at least a year. Mm-hmm. Um, we did have to go through a bit of a reshuffle when we moved from the volunteer um, setup to the um, uh, the full time setup because a lot of people were doing it alongside full time jobs mm-hmm. and like they didn't necessarily want to be journalists or you know whatever else they didn't want to be editors so. Um, we work with them in different capacities now. So, like, Nati, Nati Kassenbala, who's um, our former assistant music editor, like, we still work with her on producing events. Um, Janan Yunus, who's our former assistant politics editor, she um, now does our podcast for us, or we're developing a podcast with her. Um, and, yeah, there's, like, lots of, like, little, like, bits and pieces that we're trying to hold on to, like Jadina Norton, former opinions editor, she's now going to be writing a column for us and stuff like that. Because I guess the, the, the power of this thing came from the community that you built. So you need to be able to keep hold of that while you professionalize and and change the business and i've been thinking that i've been thinking about that a lot because um there's this publication in the u.s called the establishment um and they were really good at sort of engaging their community which is a kind of similar vibe to us um in their work and what they're doing moving forward and when we were sort of younger uh, when Gadam first began, we just had this like huge Facebook group, and we'd all post and da 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 da. Um, but we realised that that wasn't the like the most professional way of like operating, and um, and you know how Facebook groups can get like you're all sort of pitching in, and like nothing's clear, and like we needed to move to emails, we needed to move to Slack. Um, but the establishment I know used to run like an open Slack channel for like all anyone who's interested in the work to like chat things the thing is I'm like it would need to be moderated so I'm like I don't know if we're quite at the level where we can 
open ourselves up to that. Right, but yeah, yeah. we do, you know, we do do lots of other things for our community, like, and we are trying to like, so like for instance, it was the European elections yesterday, um, and uh, Leah, politics editor, she did like a Q&A on like our Instagram, which has like thousands of followers. And so she was like, we were like, have you got any questions about European elections? And then she'd like answer in like real time um, in comments. So it's like little things like that, and then like all of our events, so like are pretty much always open to the public. And we have run clubs, we have a book club, like what else we have? Lots of clubs. <laughs> yeah. I, I just on the way, and I saw that you've got a, a running club with Nike by the yeah. looks of things. Yeah. How did that start? Um, it was well, like we have a really good relationship with Nike. Um, they've been like super supportive of like what we do. Um, and so yeah, it's just like one of the ideas we pitched to them was a running club for like women of color and non-binary people of color, and they. Mm on board with it so it's been really good it's been going for six weeks now and they just ran the Hackney 5k and the whole point was it was for people who hadn't necessarily like ran before mm-hmm. so like I wasn't allowed to join which I thought was mean but because you <laughs> run before um but yeah like I think it was a huge achievement for a lot of um the people to have like yeah ran this 5k at the weekend so that was good so one of the things that I think is most notable about Galdem is the way that you managed, even when you didn't have any money, so that or, or you had very little money, you managed to cut through and make people pay attention. So that there's, it's not every magazine that can go to Nike and say, "Hey, why don't we start a running club together?" So whether it was you know like the back when you had the V and A takeover, or the thing you've done more recently with the Guardian, what, how do you? How do you do that stuff? There'll be lots of people listening to this thinking, well, I make a magazine. How do I, how am I going to get myself in front of these people? I don't know. Lip's very charming. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but no, seriously, I think it, sadly a lot of this industry is about like schmoozing and like meeting, putting yourself in front of the right people. Um, Interestingly, I remember when we were young, younger. I think, I, can I say younger now? It was only like four years ago. But anyway, <laughs> um, a few years ago, like when we were first starting, when me and Liv would go to events, she used to hate it when I used to like drag her up to like people to chat. Um, but now she's like much better at it than I am. But um, I was like, because I was coming from, or like, this is very about me personally, so I don't know if it applies to Cardam as a whole, but when I was coming up in my journalism career, um, I was very aware of the like back foot I was on. So I was like, need to do anything in my power, despite being like quite shy, like naturally that shy person, um, to to like get myself out there basically and like and like try and make a career even though I'm like this like socially anxious like like uh like journalist from like a working class background who doesn't know anyone in the industry so yeah like if there was ever a talk I went to if there was ever an event I was I was at I would always like force myself to like ask one question speak to one person um yeah do the thing I'm very me and Liv actually uh, yeah me and Liv are very responsive on emails I don't know if that's made a difference but like we're very quick to respond and like or at least we certainly were before we got like so many emails um always like sort of seeking out the next opportunity um and Liv is very good at like not being not so like whereas like whereas a lot of people I think would wait until something is absolutely 100% perfect and to like drop it like Liv is very good at like we need to get this out there Mm -hmm. and we need to get this done and that's not to say that like she doesn't strive for for perfection but um it means that she's not like held back by some of the things like other people are Mm -hmm. and I think that's really helped like Mm -hmm. with the V&A it was such a big project and like but we just had to get it done so we Mm -hmm. got it done 
because there's no choice. Yeah, there's no choice. Yeah. yeah, and that's what Gardam's kind of been like the whole way through. Like we've got our website relaunch coming up, and and I'm just like trying to get into that mindset because I'm like need to make sure all the content's perfect. What if someone doesn't like this article? And it's like okay, just need to get it done like to the best of our ability. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. And so, I mean, you you know, back when it was you and Liv going to events, you didn't know anyone, you felt nervous about all of that stuff. It feels like that's still quite a motivating factor in what you're doing now, because uh, so I read that as well as having money to pay for writers, you're also starting an internship scheme, I think. Yeah, so um, intern scheme is kicking off in about 18 days. So we've chosen... We were supposed to choose two, but we chose a three because <laughs> it was too hard. They were all amazing, uh, like really brilliant, like women of colour, non-binary people who um, had applied. Um, yeah, I, I think we've been wanting to do an internship scheme since like we were basically still interns ourselves, just because we know yeah how difficult it is to get in the creative industries, and also like just putting on like money, <laughs> figurative money, but now real money where our mouth is, and like. Um, giving someone that literal first step up mm. and like that first experience is like so important um and just making it the like most positive like like well-paid like mentored like structured internship it could be just because I still have I still have like this residual trauma from like being on work experience or internships and whatever and not having anyone talk to me and not know what I'm doing and just feeling like a spare part and a bit useless and like not having any money and having to work in the like yeah in the night to like be able to like do the work experience in the day and all this kind of stuff and like just want someone to like not have that experience yeah. that'd be really nice yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so so what are they going to be doing when they're working for you then that's a good plan I'm writing up oh, well I'm writing up the editorial plan at the moment and Liv and Maz will work on the um the commercial plan um yeah it's it's gonna it's gonna be hopefully just an insight into like how to be a good journalist mm-hmm. like um and very much like catered to their interests so mm-hmm. like the people we have chosen um one of them has a real interest in like uh politics and like foreign affairs um one of them is like really interested in like literature literature and like Adam has never really um delved into literature that much so i was like well maybe like she can be like someone who we're able to like learn from as well as like she learns from us um yeah that's yeah it's like as i say i'm writing it now so i'll, <laughs> I'll come back to you but it is going to be good <laughs> so, so there's a journalism component and more uh, like a publishing component um journalism component and then like a commercial component so like we're working on a commercial brief so like we have a couple more things coming up with nike like a world cup women's world cup watching party um and then like obviously like the commercial will probably be handling things like the launch of our print edition and like um yeah they're, they're currently handling like the website relaunch so like it will be kind of project based but we want to it's what's crucial for us is that in turn is able to start a project and like see it through to the end so that's what we're hoping for on commercial certainly and the editorial will be a bit more fluid yeah. 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 and so you've got some big projects coming up because you've already mentioned the website relaunch a book coming out and then all these other things. Yeah. So, the, so tell us about the, the website and the book. When, when are we going to see these? So the book is coming out on the 4th of June and it's called I Will Not Be Erased, which is a quote taken from one of the essays written by Brilliant. She's actually a... a, a oh. They are actually a singer um, who are based in the States um, called Candice, um, but also known as Duandita. Um, and, um, yeah, it's, it's a book of essays which are based on the premise that the best way to sort of engage with like young people is 
by looking back to our own youth. So we've like taken um, diary entries and like sort of poems and text messages and mess like, you know DMs from when we were like in our teens and then like respond responded to them. Um, and naturally, of course, most of the Galdem kept like angsty diaries <laughs> when we were growing up. Um, so yeah, it's been really fun. It's, we've been working on it for like about a year and a half, so um, with Walker Books, and they've been really great. Um, so yeah, that's coming out on the 4th of June. Um, it's going to be serialised in The Guardian, which is lovely. Um, and then the website relaunch is going to hopefully happen in June. Um, it's not a long way at all. Uh, we've had two re- website redesigns in our like small life. One of them completely flopped. Um, <laughs> the second one was good, but we like need something a bit more like that just moves us like up one more notch. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, just like designing that at the moment and like figuring out how to make it look unique, colourful, um, fit in with our like print redesigns. So everything's a bit more seamless, um, and yeah, that it's like fit for purpose, like. Uh, and how about the magazine? When are we going to see another one of those? So it'll be coming out uh, at the end of August, um, which is like super exciting. Uh, we'll have, be having a big launch party probably on like, the 30th or the 31st. Um, the theme is rest and unrest. Um, so we're taking pictures at the moment. So like um, I'm expecting lots of article pictures around like dreams, also like political movements and narcolepsy maybe I don't know yeah we'll see nice okay alright well um, you've got a ton of stuff to get on with so <laughs> I feel like I should get out of your hand and let you get on with it but um, thank you so much for taking the time to talk thank you for having me okay that's all for this week I love the way that Charlie and the others are drawing on their own experiences to create their own unique model for publishing and growing while maintaining their own collective identity. The book she talked about came out earlier this week and as she said excerpts have been published in The Guardian so if you want to see more on that just search for I Will Not Be Erased and of course check out all their latest stories on gal-dem.com. Remember, you can hear lots more conversations with independent magazine makers in our podcast archives. Just search for Stack Magazines wherever you get your podcasts. And if you follow us while you're there, we'll be able to deliver all of our future episodes to you as soon as they're ready. Thanks very much for listening to this one. And we'll be back with another episode next week.